This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 5 of Fear FM. The objective side of Anjali's intellect, which demanded that she look at the facts of the case dispassionately, conflicted with the grief in her heart. Nimisha was gone. No one should go through the pain of losing a child, not even once. But Anjali, it seemed, was cursed to bear that pain again. Anjali never treated Nimisha like her niece. The girl was a part of her flesh. So it hurt, even to breathe. She didn't know how her brother was maintaining his composure as he answered the queries of the assisting detective she was supervising. Her superiors had asked her to take a back seat on this one, given the personal nature of the circumstances but it made sense for her to be present, given she was the lead detective on the case. She sat on Nimisha's bed, running her hand over a copy of her favourite vampire romance novel. Anjali imagined Nimisha's beautiful fingers leafing through the pages, her gorgeous brown eyes scanning the text. It seemed her knees had walked out through the front door and disappeared like the others. She already knew in her heart that in the days ahead they would go through the same rigmarole of combing every shred of evidence only to end up with dead ends and frustration. Ashik, her brother, who had just finished answering questions, came over and hugged her. Promise me you will bring her back, he said. Anjali hesitated for a while before she responded. I promise. Ashik must have detected the lack of conviction in her voice. He pulled back from the embrace, held her by the shoulders and said, You are the most brilliant person I have known in my whole life. One of the best detectives in the force. If you don't try, if you don't put your heart and soul into finding the Michelle, she will be lost to us forever. You get that, Ben? I will do my best, she said. Ashik nodded and exited Nimish's room. Anjali could hear Nimish's mother's wails from the downstairs bedroom. The mother blamed herself for sleeping soundly through the night. Anjali stepped towards one of the windows and looked outside into the street. Tears welled up in her eyes. A flood of grief that she had tried to dam up inside her burst forth. A woman, dressed in red, appeared on the opposite side of the street. Anjali squeezed out the tears in her eyes to counter her blurry vision. She could finally see the horrifying, unnaturally wide grin on that disfigured face. 
the woman seemed to be taunting her. Anjali ran down the stairs and into the front room and exited the house, only to find an empty footpath. Where did she go? The red-clad woman was nowhere to be seen. The Larchudale? No, that can't be. Anjali fought the suggestion that her mind had just planted in her consciousness. And the more she fought it, the more she regretted not listening to Deepa. She could have at least considered what Deepa intended to tell her. The strains of sorrow, a wail, a thump. Occasionally, that dreadful funereal silence draped her brother's home like a white sheet covering a dead body. She gazed at the house for several minutes, then put in a call to the police control room to track down Deepa. She had just finished visiting a fifth homeless shelter in the city looking for Deepa when the phone rang. It was one of her colleagues who had offered to ring around the rehab clinics to see if they could trace Deepa. I got nothing for you, Anjali. Sorry, her colleague said. It's okay. Thanks for ringing around for me, Anjali said. They all recognize Deepa from the description I gave them. But they said they haven't seen her in a while, her colleague said. It's all right. Thanks again, Anjali said. Anjali hung up. She put her hands on her hip and let out a big sigh. A notification chimed on her phone. A voicemail left for her while she was speaking to her colleague. Anjali, um, I don't know why you are not returning my calls. I just want to talk. I know you believe in burying things deep to avoid confronting it, but this is not your grief alone. This is our sorrow. I need you to talk to me. I still... Anjali switched off the phone. She knew what her ex-husband was going to say. She had heard it all before. No amount of talking or counselling was going to heal her broken heart. Anjali did not need his forgiveness. She had no desire to see his face. Anjali felt breathless, lightheaded. She walked to a nearby streetlight pole and leaned against it, trying to take in deep breaths flashes of that terrible night. The gunshots, the screams, the shattering glass. Madam? A voice interrupted the death spiral of emotions racking her body. An elderly woman, dressed in old ill-fitting clothes, approached her. She looked hesitant. How can I help you? Anjali said, turning to face the woman. She was actually thankful for the distraction. Uh, I am, I am from there, the old woman said, 
pointing to the homeless shelter. I heard you ask around about that young girl, she said. Deepa? Anjali said. Yes, I have met her a few times. I saw her yesterday when I was collecting food from the McDonald's kitchen, the old woman said. Did she tell you where she was headed? Anjali asked. She was talking about going to the Taj Mahal for one last hurrah, the old woman said. The Taj Mahal was a notorious dilapidated old social housing block near Musafarjang, just off Mile 61 exit. It was the hub of drug sellers dishing out some of the most dangerous chemical substances known to man. Even the police were reluctant to head into the premises for investigations. Shit! Shit! Anjali responded. Deeper, 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 you stupid girl, she said. The elderly woman from the shelter started jerking involuntarily, like the nerves in her body were misfiring. It was like watching a videotape stuck in a loop. Are you okay? Anjali asked. The woman, her body still racked by erratic movements, gave her a big, wide smile. She had seen that smile before. Across the street, from her brother's house. One more thing, the old woman said. She wants you to go back to... <laughs> Who? Deepa? Go back where? Anjali asked. No, not her. I will show you, the woman said. She proceeded to grab onto the top and bottom halves of her open mouth. Then she pulled apart both, half breaking her jaw and tearing open the flesh on her cheek. A horrified Anjali could see the pit of flesh, where her tongue snaked down into her throat. From within the dark, red, moist confines of that space, emerged a single finger with a filthy, sharp nail. It's me, Anjali. It's me. And I want you to. It said, from inside the body of the poor old woman, before she collapsed onto the floor. Anjali screamed in terror. <laughs>